Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the For The Girl podcast. Ken's and I are super, super excited about today's episode, something we're so incredibly comp- compassionate. Uh, <laughs> that to help me. What are we passionate? Passionate about. What? Did you forget? Yeah. For some reason, I oh. wanted to say, com- and my mind drew a total blank. When she was in college, she entered for Compassion International. That's true. Maybe that's why my mind thought of that. Guys, welcome <laughs> to our hot mess of a podcast. Today's episode, we're talking about for the girl who feels called to ministry. So maybe there's just that little nudge on your heart. God's just been speaking to you about pursuing ministry. Well, we have a ton of encouragement, direction, and hopefully challenge for you as you begin to discern and process this calling. Yes. But before we get into that, we thought, you know, for the today's three-minute tea, speaking of ministry, speaking of, you know, the fact that Ken's and I lead a ministry, you know, we, we're the we're the big dogs around here. <laughs> the big dogs. Oh, let's hear you bark. Woo! <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> That was awesome. Thank you for that. Okay. That was so terrible. I, do you want to try again? I've never barked. Do you want to try again? No, I thought Come that on. was pretty good, honestly. It was a one shot. It was a one shot effort. Okay. Oh, I'm okay. 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 We thought since we're the big dogs around here, you know, we're bosses. We are the bosses around here that we'd spill the tea on us as bosses. So three minutes on the clock when the timer ends. You're done. All right, let's go. One, two, three. Yay. Okay, you guys. Well, to spill the tea, we thought it'd be best for Hope. Uh, she's listening to the podcast right now. She runs for the girl. Yeah. And we would, we're her boss, but we're her friend. Yeah. And we, she's coming on here to give us just a quick little overview from her perspective. But of mostly us we want to talk about ourselves. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. You would think that just by like from the outside that Ken's is pretty like, lax and chill no she's like hardcore workhorse like she literally at the office she's like go 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 grind 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 she's like door shut all the time and yep. I think from the outside you don't really see that that's so true mm. and then that's Mac, real Mac is always a good chat I think yes! you would think thank that, you you would think that she's the one that's like you know the workhorse but yep. really she's like how's it going she's like really so what you're chat. saying is I am the way more fun yeah, boss this is mean <laughs> this I'm is fun mean. and Ken's is, oh, <laughs> is the drill sergeant and I'm the fun one I'm the fun mom uh-uh, say something fun about me Okay, but Ken's is always down for like a good late afternoon snack, treat, oh, or that's true, coffee. Like yeah. always down for that, which funny. is great as, as she's a boss. Funny. Yeah, she's fun. hilarious. I mean, you make your job amazing and fun. Yeah, she makes it easy. Sorry, Mac. She really <laughs> pressured me into this. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that was good. I agree. That was amazing. I agree. So, Thank you for that hope. I needed that. I needed so that. So would you like to rebuttal those things, Ken's? Well, what she's saying is I'm the harder worker. Yeah, true. (laughs) I mean, we what? You're not fighting me on this. I mean, I I still am the fun one. So (laughs) you take that. Go for it. Uh, No, you know what? 
Uh, it's true. From the beginning, Mac is um, down to work. You know, really, I like to get my work done at work. So I try to do like, I try to like shut my computer at four so I can have things outside of life. And that's what I do. So I just do you it. You do. You I grind do at work. Yeah. You grind at work and you kind of have like, you set a good expectation that when people are working, they should be yeah. grinding. And I feel the chat thing about you too. I mean, we get on a FaceTime and I start talking to Mac about who the heck knows what. Yeah. Like she really has this like natural thing about her where like you call her and you just want to like literally talk at her until she's like, she might not even be listening, but like you're talking. Oh, man. <laughs> That's great. That's funny. Yeah. What do you think? Well, yeah, I think it is funny. I feel like if people would meet us, they would think that I would be kind of the more scary one or more intimidating one yeah. just because you have kind of the like bubbly valley girl personality. But I do think that you're actually a little bit, you're the more intimidating boss at work. Mm. Well, I maybe am you like, are at certain ways. moments at certain moments I might be a little bit because I am I have that challenger in me but for the most part I think I'm pretty chill yeah you are chill too we're I'm both pretty chill. chill we're yeah. pretty chill bosses right yeah. would you say so yeah. oh, oh that's a good note to end on you guys this is a really good note I hope you got a little inside scoop it's kind of confusing you know it's a little confusing yeah but it is you know. weird how one day you, I mean we just woke up and we were supposed to like be the boss and I was like I don't I don't really know I'm not mm. very good at this and it's true you gotta learn and doing it with people that are so close to our age it's it, it's really nuanced it's hard mm. to kind of like know where do you be friends where do you have to like draw the line it's an interesting interesting skill to learn that has been incredibly humbling I would say yes that is like really really true wow yes. okay good well this is gonna be amazing I'm so excited for this episode and we probably will talk a little bit about this. This yeah. is a good intro yes. to you for the girl who feels called to ministry. It's so going to be amazing. Let's jump in. Hello, you guys. We are back and ready to dive into a new episode. And this is going to be really good. We are talking to the girl who feels a calling to ministry. Ooh. And of course, this is a part of Mac and I's story, feeling called yep. um, to start Delight and then called to grow Delight and multiple other little and big callings along the way. So we want to speak into this and give you direction and all the things. So we yeah. have so much to say, but before we do so, there's a couple things that you need to know. If you feel a calling to ministry, First things first, you really need to know that it's just not the most glamorous thing in the world. Um, I think so often we think that doing ministry is going to look like all these coffee dates and getting to like mentor and disciple women, men or women. It looks like it's going to be like this super cool thing where we get to be on stage and we get to lead groups and be the leader in the room, the biggest, best, coolest person in the room. And the reality is, and I think even while you're saying this, you might be like, oh no, I know this. It's not always that. But like, you really need to know, like, it's really not that. <laughs> like it really, really is actually, especially at the beginning, it's really, really far from that. Um, yeah. And it looks a lot more like just sending emails and um, helping out with things, filling out spreadsheets. It looks like sitting in on a ton of meetings and doing, um, you know, taking out the trash. Honestly, a lot of ministries don't have a big budget. So it's just all hands on deck, cleaning everything, doing yeah. the dishes, whatever it is. Like it's just really, really real. And it's especially, especially those beginning years. It, you've got to be willing to like 
to, you got to know that it's just not going to be glamorous and yeah. it might yeah. never be glamorous. So that's really exciting. You should be excited yeah. about that. There's a lot of beauty in the ashes. Love that. Okay. And then, um, also I want to just speak into this too. I can't get over the fact about the beauty in the ashes. <laughs> Is, where's that from? Is this, I, well, um, that's definitely, I, that's biblical, but it was just really made you sound like a women's ministry girl. <laughs> that was really uncharacteristic I of honestly you. didn't know if it was like, that was one of those like <laughs> tweets, but I wasn't sure if it was a tweet or a Bible verse. So I just was like, you know, <laughs> I we are going for this. That's, I'm I've never said that. I'm not sure, but it was more just funny coming out of your mouth in like just a random context. It was awesome. It was really fitting. Yeah. I think so it was, you know, ministry like, out the trash, beauty from ashes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Amen. Okay. Let's go. Um, okay. The other thing I want to say for anybody who feels called to ministry, I just want to point this out is that you genuinely can do ministry anywhere. So if you feel a calling towards ministry, like you just want to lead people closer to Jesus, um, you should know that this can happen in a more secular job. Like this really, truly can happen. Like if you do marketing, if you do real estate, if you are in a room with any type of person, you can totally do ministry and whether it's inside your job, like just having conversation with people, discipling people, spreading the gospel, like inside your work, like nine to five, or it might even look like having more capacity to be able to pour out outside of work, which is super awesome. Honestly, sometimes I'm envious towards that and people that can give their whole lives to like, to, to things outside of work because they have a lot to give. And yeah. so I just want to point that out too, that like, if you feel calling towards ministry, it might not mean that like you got to plan a church or you got to be a pastor, you got to be the youth leader. It really might look like, what does it look like to bring ministry into a secular workspace? Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, this is going to have a way bigger impact. We need believers that are uh, doing ministry in a secular space. So just know that there's plenty of opportunities. I would love to talk more about that later in a podcast of like, actually, we're going to be talking a little bit about evangelism later in the season. And maybe we'll add some little nuggets to that in that episode. But yes, you need to know if you feel called to ministry, first things first, it's just not glamorous. It's not, if you're signing up for it because you want to be a speaker and you want to be a teacher and you want to lead all the things that's, that shouldn't be the reason you're signing up for it because it's a lot of grunt work and you'll get burnt out really fast. And then second is you should know that you can do ministry in a lot of different places, which is so exciting. Yeah. So good. So good. Okay. We're super excited to kind of give you, uh, some super practical things to begin stepping into and leaning into. If you are that girl who feels called to ministry, I've been hearing, uh, just from a lot of women recently, they're like, you know, I just feel like God's been putting this nudge on my heart and I don't know what that means. And I don't know if this should be a career thing or, um, does it look like an everyday evangelism thing? Like what exactly is this? And so, um, if you feel any little inkling that this might be the path that God has for you and really everybody, I think these are things that are super applicable for everybody, whether you want to quote unquote work in ministry or not. Um, but here's some things that we have learned through our kind of 10 years, nine, 10 years of being Mm. kind of in the trenches of ministry at different kind of levels and, um, different roles and really doing it uh, throughout college and then doing it full-time post-college. So, Mm. uh, hopefully this is helpful. Hopefully this is encouraging. Hopefully this is challenging and maybe even convicting for you as you, uh, begin to take steps towards 
towards um, a lifetime of ministry. So we're going to exciting. I know this is really fun. This is super fun. One of my favorite (laughs) conversations. um, I love kind of getting to walk with women through this. So the first thing that we would say, if you feel a call towards ministry is to number one, serve first, look for as many opportunities as possible that you can get in a room as kind of a servant to get in there and to kind of be the least of the room, <laughs> like literally yeah. do the worst tasks. This can look like internships. This can look like uh, service projects. This can look like um, mission experiences. I believe that you learn so much when you take on the posture of a servant. Um, I think what is so mm. cool about this is the ultimate authority for leadership is Jesus himself. And we see Jesus do this. Um, and we hear Jesus's words on this. Um, Luke 20. 22, 26 through 27 says, instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves for who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves. It is not the one who is at the table, Mm. but I am among you as one who serves. I love so much that Jesus chose to lead and influence, not always through power and might, but oftentimes through service. Um, He humbled himself as a servant, even though he was literally the Messiah, the savior of the world, the king of kings. And I think that's such a beautiful and powerful example of leadership. Leadership does not always look like sitting at the head of the table or being the person on the stage or being the loudest voice in the room. I think it often looks like taking on the posture of the lowest person in the room. And so if you Mm. are wanting to step into ministry, just get excited and kind of amped up about a season of serving, um, of looking to the leaders around you and saying, Hey, how can I help? What can I do? Like, what can I do to help you? Um, I think that oftentimes when I look at kind of people within our own organization, Delight for the girl, like it's really the women that stand out to me are the ones who are like doing things without even being asked. It's the ones who are like literally humbling themselves in every room that they walk in, who are leaving Mm -hmm. space for other people to show up. It's not the person that is, you know, standing up in front of everybody and making their voice the loudest. It's usually the person that is, is serving and making room for other people. And so when it comes to ministry, Um, I think we often think of the Stephen Verdicts. We often think of the Beth Moores. We think of the Christine Canes, these people. We think that's what leadership is. And sometimes it is. It's going to look like that. But oftentimes, Mm -hmm. I can guarantee you that in each of those people's stories, like there were seasons of serving. And I guarantee you they still serve today. And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful posture when it comes to ministry. Yes, that's so good. And one thing to add here when it comes to serving, when you start serving, you should serve just to serve and not to climb a ladder in the church or in a ministry setting. Like there's such a difference, right? You just know the people that are like there to try to get a job there or to get a better job there or to get the front rows to be noticed, to be in the popular crowd. Like you should serve just because you care about the body of Christ. Mm. Like you care so much for them that you will take out the trash and you will reserve seats and you'll clean up the sanctuary and you will pass out the offering cards. I don't know what you got to do, but serving looks like actually being the lowest person in the room and not trying to be the biggest. Yeah, that's so good. And I think about so many moments in my life when I was like serving and really without 
any sort of intention other than like, you know, this is my role at church is to do this or whatever. And I often would find myself literally like overhearing such powerful conversations or getting to be in the room as like really amazing, Mm -hmm. cool things happened. And I think that that is just the coolest thing. When we start ministry, we have to just be excited to like be in the room, like be in the room, get to be on the sidelines of what God is doing because I think you learn so much. Mm -hmm. And so as you serve, as you humbly serve, like pay attention. Don't just go into autopilot, but pay attention, take notes, take notice of what the people around you are doing, how they are embodying Jesus, how are they are serving. I think it's super powerful as you do it. It's not a season of waste. It's not like you just like, um, you know, putting in your time. I think it's a time of growth and a time of learning and, uh, can be super, super powerful as you continue on in ministry. That's really good. So first things first is serve first. The second thing that that we want to tell you for those of you that are uh, feeling that call to ministry is that character matters so much here. Um, You, when you're stepping into ministry, it is about so much more than what is kind of the appearance of things. You have to be willing to lead a life that models the life of Jesus. It's not all about your gifts or abilities. I think oftentimes when people feel a call to ministry, sometimes it's because they're looking at like, well, I'm a really gifted speaker. I'm a really awesome prayer or I'm a great worship leader. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, it's one of those things where I think that the true key to ministry is not about kind of the appearance of things. It's really about your intimacy. Um, It's so connected to your intimacy with God. And I think your intimacy with God is what ultimately creates your character and your mm-hmm. character is the thing you will lean upon the most in ministry. Yeah. <laughs> not those gifts. Totally. Um, you talked earlier about how ministry is not always glamorous. Like you don't always get to do cool things. Another thing that's not glamorous about ministry is that you are often kind of get to be the recipient of people's frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, you're expected in a lot of ways to kind of always get it right or always have the answers. And um, I think oftentimes that can be really, really difficult if you mm. do not have a strong character, if you mm. do not have a character that is willing to be humble, that is willing to make mistakes, that is willing mm. um, to make the hard decisions when nobody's looking mm. um, so that you can kind of walk into those with confidence and walk into those with boldness and really begin to humble yourself. Another passage of scripture, this is from Titus talking about um, talking about elders in the church and leaders in the church. And it says an elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those Mm -hmm. who oppose it. And that is a lot right there. (laughs) I mean, even that in itself is incredibly like humbling and challenging and convicting. But when we are kind of um, being the gatekeepers to 
who or how people experience Jesus. If we're kind of, we're that city on a hill, you know, that when people look at us, they, we want them to see Jesus. We don't want them to see our flaws. We don't want them to see our gifts. We want them to see Jesus through us. And so that's Mm -hmm. where character matters so much. And I think there's just a high calling on those in leadership to live above reproach, to live differently than the world around them, to live differently than maybe the average person who goes to church like every now and again and, um, you know, maybe grew up in the faith, but isn't really actively walking it out. I think um, here our private life will matter so much more than your public life and ministry. And so what you're doing when nobody's looking, the choices you're making, the words that you're saying when nobody's listening, gosh, that matters. Gosh, gossip here, especially for us women, like this can be tough. Like Mm. the things, are you building people up? Are you speaking life over people? Are you um, committed to purity? Are you committed to all of these different things that happen behind closed doors that then can honestly begin to seep into other areas of your life and can really get in the way sometimes of the calling of how God can use you. So you have to know that when you're stepping into ministry, like you aren't just stepping into all the fun outward stuff, like you are stepping into an incredibly important journey of continuing to being being chiseled in your character and growing and stretching. Mm -hmm. And it's not always easy. It's painful at times, but it matters so much. Your character matters here. This is so, so important and cannot be overlooked. I think it's like me arguably one of the biggest things, seriously, like what you do behind closed doors matters so much. God sees that. Those are the moments, God, you know, if, if our father is control in control of where we're going to be and what we're going to do with our life, like he's seeing everything behind closed doors, every conversation, every relationship you're in, everything. And so it matters so much. I remember when we were in college, like when we were in college trying to start delight, like our lives, um, looked so different from so many of our friends, like what we were doing on the weekends, what we we were doing on Friday night, how we were talking to people, how we were treating people, it just looked yeah. different. Um, and it was because we were trying our best. And of course, there are moments where we messed up, of course, because we're human, but we tried our best to honor God in our whole in our whole lives, like everything behind closed doors as well. And, and I saw God really move through that. And I think mm. it's really important. So yeah, if you feel call, calling to ministry, like, like, What you're doing outside of ministry right now, right here, right now matters so, so much. Yeah. Hey, you guys, we wanted to take a moment and share something that's so near and dear to our heart, and that is Delight Ministries. If you didn't know already, Mac and I actually started Delight when we were in college, and now it has grown all across the country and reaching thousands of college women. Basically, Delight is a women's ministry on your college campus and you meet weekly, have worship nights, and just build Christ-centered community while in college because gosh, that can be so hard sometimes. So if you're in college, you need to know about Delight because you can join it on your campus. If there's one, go to our website, delightministries.com and look up your university there. Um, And if you're in high school, get excited because there might be a Delight chapter on your college campus. And if there isn't, anybody and everybody could start a delight and it is the coolest thing ever all of our delight chapters are totally student-led and run and it will change your life getting to invite hundreds of women 
to be a part of the kingdom of God is just the coolest thing ever. So Mac, how could you even be a part of this? Yes, if you are interested in learning about how to start a delight, all you gotta do is go to our website, www.delightministries.com slash start a delight and sign up there and you will be in contact with someone from our incredible delight team so soon. You're not locked in, but trust us, you are gonna want to bring this incredible ministry to your campus and watch your entire college campus begin to fall in love with Jesus. Come on, let's start a delight. And I feel like both you and I have learned this the hard way around. Yes, we <laughs> We have. both had moments where our character has like crumpled in some areas. And then I feel the effect of that on the fruit of the ministry that yeah. we're running. I seriously right have felt it. that before. And mm. I think that's why it matters so, so, so much. And it's not a burden necessarily. I believe it's an yes. opportunity. It's actually been a gift, I think, for both of us. Grown that, us quicker. Yes. And there have been plenty of times where I've like been like, oh, it'd be so nice to be like everybody else and just <laughs> get to do that thing or whatever. To participate but, in that conversation. Yes. So. In a mm-hmm. moment, the enemy has used it as like a little temptation, but honestly, it has been kind of my role in ministry and stuff that has like kept me in moments where I was super tempted to give up in something that has kept me strong. And I'm so thankful for that. Yes. So thankful yes. for that kind of higher standard mm-hmm. that kept me closer and, and didn't draw me away from God's heart in that. Yeah. So. And when we think of it in the opposite, like if this starts to feel really hard for you yeah. or like, just like not fun for you, like I would almost look at your heart, like cause yeah, good. your heart should want to honor God in your life yeah. outside of it. So good. Okay. So serving first character matters. Number three is to learn consistency. Oh my goodness. Ministry can be a roller coaster. There are mountaintops, there are valleys. (laughs) Um, And you have to learn how to be consistent. I think in a couple of things, number one, in your time with Jesus, Mm -hmm. when you're stepping into full-time ministry, you have to really find that rhythm and that time, because that is your source of your life. That is the source of all of those fruits of the spirit, you've got to be spending time with Jesus. And then you have to learn consistency and showing up for people too. Um, when you're, when you're kind of leading something, when you are saying yes to ministry, you're saying yes to people relying on you and people trusting you. And so, um, there's of course grace here, but I think consistency as much as possible matters. Um, a couple of scriptures, first Corinthians 15, 58 says, therefore, my beloved brothers be steadfast, mm. immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. I love that steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's good. And then Galatians 6, 9 says, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Mm. And so there will be incredibly hard moments in your ministry journey Mm. where you will look at God and just be like, God, why in the heck did I say yes to this? Why did I sign up for this? (laughs) Like, Mm. I want to just go move to the middle of nowhere and like work on a farm and like quit all this stuff, you know? (laughs) Um, And there are also moments that are incredible. And it's like, I would literally do it all 24 hours a day, you know, Uh all this stuff. And so I think in the high highs and the low lows, you have to learn how to be consistent, like not just living off the encounters or the high moments of ministry, but Mm. in the moments where you're frustrated with God and you don't understand what he's doing, like you show up to meet with him again. And the moments where like you just did crazy hours and all this stuff and you're like, oh, like I just want to like sit here and veg out on some Netflix. It's like show up to meet with him again. 
Um, when your ministry is literally failing, when nobody showed up for this event mm. that you planned, show up to meet mm. with him again. Keep showing up for the people that God has asked you to shepherd. Um, I often kind of have just sensed in my own life sometimes like that I want to abandon ship. I'm like, oh God, why'd you ask me to like love this person? Why'd you ask me to like have mm. this person in my small group or this person work on our team at Delight. Like, are you serious? Mm -hmm. But showing up for them has taught me so much and has grown me so much as a leader. And I think that consistency is one of those things that creates a safety in ministry, which then I think allows more and more people to trust you and more and more people to ultimately be better primed to be in relationship with Jesus, that transformative relationship with Jesus. So I think it matters so much. This is one that I think like a lot of leaders, like, above you or maybe ahead of you in ministry, this is when they're looking for, I think, in people that they want to to do ministry side by side with, to run the race with. Like they are looking for young leaders who are consistent, like who are like can stay positive in the valleys or at least like have a heavenly perspective in things. They're looking for people that are showing up every Sunday on time to serve. They're looking for people that have been spending time with Jesus and you can just see it in their life. Like this is just one thing I think that leaders like about ahead of you are really looking for. So stay consistent. This is huge. This is another one that's refined us that I've been grateful for. I don't think I'd be who I was today if it wasn't for the accountability to this call of ministry that this calling placed in my life. That's so good. So good. Okay. So that's a big one. The next one we want to talk about is honoring the leaders in your life right now. I get it. You think that you could do so much better than that leader who is in that position. That you want, like, you know, you're like this, this girl, she has the worst ideas. This girl, like she does not know how to do this. Like all this stuff. You're like, if I was in that role, I would crush it. I would kill it. Like literally we would have to be like finding more seats in the church or whatever it is. Like I get it. Sometimes it's really easy to think like that, but I so believe that God has people in positions for such a purpose and such a reason. And that's Mm -hmm. something I've been learning. Like the roles that I'm in, like God put me here for a reason and I need to walk in the confidence of that. And in the same way, we need to walk in the confidence uh, that God has them there for a reason and that there's actually so much to be learned from them, especially people who have been in it longer than you have. Um, I I think you definitely want to surround yourself and be like wise and discerning with leaders that have like good intentions and are doing it for the right reasons and that are um, truly sold out for Jesus and not just like sold out for all the good stuff that comes with it. But um, I think that's important. But then beyond that, like you do not always have to agree with everything that they say. You maybe have different ways you would have done it, but I think there's so much beauty to honoring them. Hebrews 13, seven says, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you. Let me say that again. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you. Some of y'all 
are making your leaders groan because you are making their job that much harder Yeah. because you come to them with problem after problem after problem and never yeah. bring solutions. You come to them just to complain about 10 million things, but you never, um, you're not serving. You're not doing those things that are giving them, that are freeing them up to do what they were called to do, which oftentimes means that they'll, they'll bring you right along with them. Yeah. Um, I have, there have been times where I've, I have like worked under like a disgruntled leader or somebody in ministry. And it is not fun, but I love that idea that I can be a part of letting them do it with joy Mm. by the way that I honor them, by the way that I honor those that are ahead of me in the journey. And so I think this is so important. And I think it is what's really cool about it is it really does create an atmosphere for you to grow and you to learn and you to become an even better leader, an even better um, ministry person for the future. Mm. That's good. This verse also reminds me not to talk about my leaders behind their back, right? To honoring your leaders also means like speaking highly of them to everybody in your life. Everybody there. We've talked about this before, but there's no such thing as just venting. That's gossip. That's talking bad. And um, we can honor our leaders by speaking highly of to, about them to other people, which I think yeah. is awesome. I think we can get creative in this too. Like, yes. what would it look like to go above and beyond in the way you're honoring your leaders? Like, and anybody who feels a calling to ministry, really sink into that. Like, let God speak into that. Give, let him give you creative ideas because yeah. I think you can do some really yeah. special things. Yes. And again, as as a someone, a kind of like a leader of leaders, like it is those leaders that are that encourage me and that I I know because a leader can sniff out when you when you're not they're not on your you're not on their side. Yeah. You know, like when it's you don't believe your the body best language. In them, it's so easy to see. The look on your face, yes. the way you speak. But those <laughs> people on my team who I, I sense like trust me and believe in me and all of these different things, mm-hmm. I want them in the room with me when I'm making decisions decisions. Like I want them in the room with me when I'm like, they're the people I want to ask, what do you think about this? And so I think it's something that again, just gives you so many more opportunities in ministry, which is super cool. That's really true. And just something to keep in mind. So the next one that we want to talk about is, uh, being quick to say you're sorry or when you messed up. Uh, this is, I think the thing I've learned the most in ministry over the last year and a half, it has been a tough year and a half to do ministry in, Mm -hmm. Uh, so many different factors in our world that have led to that. And I just realized like, I don't always make the best decisions. Like I don't don't always get it perfect. And I felt like I had a moment with Jesus this year where he was like, when did I ask you to be perfect? Like literally, when did I ask you to always get it right? And it was so funny. I was watching this Hallmark movie, which is really lame. It's a Christmas Hallmark movie. (laughs) And um, there was like a mean leader in the movie. Uh, She was like a boss of somebody. And at the end of the movie, she went up and she apologized to the girl for like being a, a bad boss. Mm-hmm. And I almost wanted to cry. I think I shed a tear or two <laughs> because I just thought it was so powerful. You I was resonated like, with well, it yeah. deep in your spirit. I really just thought it was so powerful that I was like, that is her, that was her best leadership move like that she could have done That's by going true. up, walking up and saying, hey, 
I was wrong. That's I got right. this wrong and I'm so sorry. And like, I commit to like being a better leader in the future. I commit to in ministry doing it differently next time. I think it is powerful. I think it unleashes the spirit of God into the atmosphere when we're yes. willing to like humble ourselves and say, I was wrong and I am so, so, so sorry. I think we need more leaders who are willing to get up in front of people and say, hey, I'm so sorry I was wrong. I don't even know if you noticed, but I was wrong about that. And because I think it again, it makes it not about us. It actually makes it about the Lord. It actually makes it so people are looking to Jesus and not looking to us because they're reminded of our humanity. They're reminded that we don't always get it right. I don't always have the right answers. I don't know, always know how to answer the hard questions or how to respond in tough situations. Mm -hmm. And so something that I've learned that I wish I would have learned earlier in my ministry journey was to just be so quick to say, I'm sorry when I've messed up. Um, Even when I think I don't need to uh, be so quick to say that I'm sorry to my team, um, to you, to like everybody Mm -hmm. that I'm working with, that I'm doing ministry alongside of. Yeah, so good. We can be so stubborn sometimes. I find myself doing that all the time. And then I'm like, oh, wait, Lord, this is not of you. The spirit of stubbornness is not of you. Like I'm going to easily, that's a, that's a, this is a really tangible, easy one in a lot of ways, because it's literally just vocal, getting the words out of your mouth. And it is like the most humbling, most refining conversation you can have. Yeah. Proverbs 28, 13 says, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Mm. I want that mercy. So I think that's really powerful. So be quick to say you're sorry when you've messed up. Remember that you are not called to be perfect in ministry. And then the last one, this is the last one we want to kind of just speak over you. Um, And that is kind of this feeling of like, feeling more qualified in ministry, um, it takes time. Amen. When we started, when we were 19, I felt like the most hot mess person ever. I was like, I am terrified that I'm going to screw something up because (laughs) I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And I sure did mess up a lot. We messed up a lot, Kens. Um, Oh my gosh, yes. But discovering your individual gifts, knowing scripture, being able to lead well, um, it takes so much um, time to figure out. And with the spirit of God, I think like you will. And if you commit deeply to that, but be willing to start small. Um, I think people often, like look at different, you know, ministry leaders out there and they're like, I want to be them and I want to be them tomorrow. But I guarantee you there was a lot of years of refining their gifts, refining the things that they didn't even know were gifts, discovering their gifts mm-hmm. um, and then kind of doing them over and over and over again, failing, learning, growing, uh, serving, being mentored, being discipled. And so yeah. be willing to like commit to that journey to say, Hey, I say yes to ministry before I even know what I am gifted in at Mm -hmm. ministry. Like when Ken's and I started, we kind of have our lanes now, but we did not in the beginning. Like I used to do the finances for delight and that is not my gift, you know, (laughs) like, but that's what I started in and I grew and I said yes to that. And then, you know, over time I discovered more of the things that God had uniquely gifted me in. And so I think that there is a timing for everything. Um, I love that scripture in Ecclesiastes 
Ecclesiastes 3 that talks about, you know, a time for everything, a time for reaping, a time for harvesting, yeah. a time for sowing. And so don't be or don't let the impatience to do the thing that you really want to do cut your ministry journey short. Yeah. Um, you know, you're like, I really want to be the lead pastor. And so because you can't find a role to be the lead pastor, you don't even enter into the ministry journey. Like enjoy mm-hmm. the process. There's so much to be learned in the process. Yeah. Remember that it's not about you in the slightest. So like you can do ministry at every single step of the journey, literally every single step of the journey, look to your left, look to your right. And I guarantee you there's somebody standing there ready to be ministered yeah. to ready to be like told about Jesus, right. encouraged, walked alongside discipled. So yes. you got to remember why you're doing this in the first place. Yeah. And you start without knowing much at all. You really don't. I tell the story. I've told the story before. I'll tell it really, really fast. But I remember when we first started delight, I remember the first time somebody asked me, to get coffee and it wasn't just like a girlfriend kind of coffee situation it was like she wanted to get coffee because there was something heavy going on in her life and she wanted me to like speak into that or pour into her or give advice or whatever and I remember hardcore panicking about this coffee date because I was like I'm probably not smarter than you I don't know really probably how to hear God's voice more than you I definitely don't know any scripture to speak over you like this coffee date is not going to be worth anybody's time. But I also felt like I needed to step into this, this calling of ministry. And I'll never forget. I went in our little campus bell tower and that was where we like did delight every week. So it felt like a safe space and went in there and I got on my knees and I, I just met with Jesus. I just Mm. prayed and I just did my best. Even then I feel like I was probably even new to prayer. I was like, how do I talk to you? How do I see you? But I I knew I could get on my knees and I knew I could use my voice and I could picture him and I could start right there. And, um, that's what I did and went into that coffee date with like so much more confidence. I was like, okay, I can do this. Like you're moving through me. You've, You've called me to this. And Seriously, like day after day, month after month, year after year, that's just what it looks like. It looks like meeting with Jesus and being like, God, I don't feel equipped for this. I don't feel qualified for this, but like, give me the words, like speak into my life, move through me. And it's as simple as that. And of course, yes, we need to be studying the word of God and growing in our knowledge and wisdom of him. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, we need to be discipled and have people pouring into us and we need to, we need to be learning and growing, but that just happens with time, like seriously time after time it happens with practice too like speaking praying out loud all that happens with time and practice but seriously it starts if you can just get on your knees and you can meet with Jesus you gotta you're at a good starting place (laughs) so so it's gonna be so good so good okay quick recap for you guys for those of you that feel that calling to ministry start with service look for opportunities to serve to be kind of the lowest person in the room and then put your listening ears on, pay attention and do it for the right reasons. The second is that character matters so much. Your private life will matter far more than your public life when it comes to ministry. So get into those intimate moments with God and allow that to affect your choices and your decisions and the way that you live your life when nobody's looking. Learn consistency, show up for people, show up for spending time with Jesus. Um, Don't just ride off the high high 
highs and don't quit in the low lows. Learn how to show up and be consistent. Honor the leaders that God has put in your life right now. Speak highly of them and help to make their roles and their jobs and their positions joyful. Um, Don't make them be groaning over you because of what a headache you are (laughs) because of how you like cannot submit to their authority in that way. Um, The next next thing is to be quick to say you're sorry when you messed up. You are not called to be perfect. Um, And then finally, feeling more qualified in ministry and discovering those gifts. It's just going to take time and that's okay. Enjoy every single step of the process and, and do ministry every single step of the process. You do not have to wait until you get that one position that you are kind of have in your kind of on your dream board or whatever it is like do ministry every step of the journey. So So hopefully that encourage you guys. Um, we're super excited. I just believe that God is raising up a generation of women who are going to say yes to ministry, who are going to step into some incredible, incredible opportunities that are seriously going to, um, just invite more and more women and men into deeper relationships with Jesus. And so, so um, hopefully this was just like a little spark that is going to continue to grow in you. And we're going to just see some like wildfires of women, um, stepping into ministry all over the place. 